It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the 1871 podcast with Johnny Hunt and me, Mark Roach, and hopefully Dylan Kerr. Um, as as you know, probably by now, if you've been listening, um, Dylan has issues sometimes with power cuts and stuff like that in South Africa. I know he was really keen to be on this particular episode to to speak to tonight's special guest. So um, we're hopefully, fingers crossed, going to be joined by Dylan at some point. Um, but we'll crack on regardless. And uh, this is the latest in our daily episodes that we're doing. And we're going to continue with the daily episodes until the end of May. And then that will be the end of series one. And then we'll have a short break before we return in June for series two. So it will be just a short break and then we'll be back for series two. Um, But we're carrying on with series one until the end of May. And next Monday's episode, would you believe, will be our 50th episode. And we'll, uh, on that episode, we'll be having a look, look back at the, at the season. A um, little bit of doom and gloom will be in there, of course, but uh, we'll, we'll be trying to um, chuck in a bit of positivity. And here's Dylan. He's with us. Hey. Hey. Sorry, I've just, I've just got back from training. There you go. So, I've just said, Dylan, that yeah. we knew you wanted to be on this one to speak to to Jeff. So we're pleased you're here. But um, I was just saying that, just saying, we're coming to the end of our first series. We we've got the next series starting in June, and we're coming up to our fiftieth ep- episode, which is fantastic. So many great guests. And a heads up for you that our guest on tomorrow's episode is Tony Ruggier. And yes, we will be asking him about his bizarre own goal in the playoff final in 2001. So that's Tony Ruggier, available from 6.30pm tomorrow. Um, And before we chat to our special guest, let's have a catch up on the current Reading side. And Johnny, we were already already safe, of course, before Saturday's game. But, you know, it was another disappointing result and performance for the final home game of the season, wasn't it? Yeah, I think you expected a bit more of a, an effort, a bit more, you know, this is the last game, let's go out with a bang, and it was another of us go out with a whimper. 
Yeah. Although um, Terrell Thomas, I thought, had a good game by the sounds of it. Consider the injury, injury curse struck again. Um, yeah. That's promising. No, you what, sorry? That's promising. Yeah, and no shots on target, was it, I think? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not, not great, is it? And you mentioned Terrell oh. Thomas. I was going to come to him. Um, I wanted to ask you, Johnny, do you think we can read anything into Paul in selecting him at right back? I don't know. I think he's run out of players. I think it's just a case of go and have a go. And you know, he did, did very well, you know, and he looked promising, could have scored. Um, yeah. But again, like, you know, it's just another injury. Like, obviously, probably not match fit. And he did a job as best as he could in the circumstances. Um, so, you know, well done to him. Yeah. Um, and Dylan, talking of Paul Ince, he's due to be having talks this week about his future with, with Reading. Um, so he's kept Reading up. Do you think he'll be given the job for next season? Do you think he should be given the job for next season? You know, who, who would want that job? You know, with the, you know, I mean, I know Brian, the Reading fans would love Brian McDermott after his uh, podcast to, to become back involved with the club. You know, to sort the, the the shambles what I read every every other day from Reading supporters. So whoever takes the job, whoever's going to get the job, they need to you know bring back that connectivity between the fans and the club, so the fans know that clubs are going in, in the right direction. Yeah, he's back on the job. Look, you know, we, from from all the information I get, you know, the there's an agent that's running the the show at Reading Football Club. You know, that that's shocking. I mean, he, he must be taking so much money out of that club. Um, but, you know, I, I can understand why the fans feel cheated because, you know, Reading is a big club. I mean, no doubt about it. It's got the facilities. It's got the training facilities. It's got the structure in place. It's been successful. It's, it's had its up and downs. But, you know, recently, you know, you, I feel like you've got to do your homework about management. And like you do when you when you're players, you've got to make sure that you bring the right manager in that suits the club. And you know, look at all the successful managers, you know, with Pards and Brendan and uh, Brian that have you know worked hard to get the club to where it had got and has been. And then the last few managers, they you know, are not, I don't understand where where they get these you know Serbians from. You know, for some weird. Well, <laughs> you know, but well. <laughs> I, but I, I just it's like in Africa, you know, the, the Serbian coaches pop up from everywhere. No, no background, nobody's heard of them. But the aid, the, the agents are, are amazing for for them because yeah, you know, they just they just arrive and you know within three months, four months, they're, they're fired, they're gone. Mm. You no, know, and it seems it's, 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 I don't know why you know clubs really take these these Eastern Europeans. Yeah. Uh, and, Think that they can come to the UK, think they can come to Africa, and and do something special. Because you know, to be fair, I haven't seen I haven't seen one that's actually done anything. I mean, if you want to if you want to put, uh, you know, if we're trying to look for a positive, um, and it's something that you've mentioned, Paul Paul Ince is an English manager. You've got Michael Jilks, um, Kaylee Ledgetwood, you've got Alex Ray involved as well. Um, Noel, Noel Hunt, I know obviously he's not English, but um, Noel Hunt, under 23s, former player. So you've got three former players in, involved there. Um, and, you know, Paul Ince, English manager. Um, 
And I'm going to ask the same question to, to you, Johnny. You know, what, what do you think about Paul Ince? He, he was given one task to keep Reading up. He's done that. So what are you, what are you thinking? You know, give him a year or what, what are your thoughts? Well, the Whitney came out the other day and he said we had no scouts. I thought that was really kind of a summed up the club. And I think he wants reassurances and he wants answers before he'd even consider taking the job. And I don't blame him because how is he going to work miracles if he's got no options like scouts? You know, he doesn't know what the financial situation is. So, you know, if, if it ticks the boxes for him and he gets the reassurances that he needs, then, then good luck to him. Give him a go because we keep gambling and go round in circles and round and round. And here we are again for another golden gamble, isn't it? Yeah. And if it, it does feel, feel a bit like uh, the club are willing to offer him the job, but he's come out, like you said, and said, look, I do want assurances before I, I take the job. And, you know, it, it's an interesting one because he was out of the game, wasn't a manager for eight years. And you would kind of think, um, you know, he, he would, you, you sort of, in, in some ways, you automatically assume, I guess some fans will assume that he would take the job. But he has said, look, I need assurances. I can do things in the way that I want to do it. So um, we'll, we'll find out soon enough. But um, Dylan, coming up to the last game of the season on Saturday at Luton, We've obviously just had two defeats, conceded four goals, haven't scored in the last two games. And of course, we don't want to be finishing the season with three defeats in a row, do we? No, you want to you want to finish on a high. You know, I mean, to lose at home to West Brom, we're fighting for, you know, a promotion place. You know, you, 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 I see he's finding the characters now. I'm in the same situation um, that Paul's in, you know, to, to keep this club in, in the league. You know, and I need I need characters. I need I need people that's going to you know die for to 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 to, to want to show that they can you know that they 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 are they're allowed to stay at the club next year. You know, and I think that's what we need to do: find out the players that have got the right character and the right attitude to say yes, I can work with him next year, and I think he could stay. Yeah. You know, because the day you know they've got they've got to forget this season and just get ready for and and start to. Start to win games and start to start well. You've got to start well. I'm hoping I get that opportunity here at Swallows to be able to start the season um, because I know what what I can do with this team, you know, and I know what needs to be done. I don't need assurances. What I what I don't need is false promises, you know, and, and that's what Reading have got to give if Paul Ince takes a job, whoever comes into the job. Yeah, you know, back, back him like Brian McDermott said. Look, you know, where's the structure? What's the plan? Yeah, you know, that's what they've got to do now. That's it. And um, Jeff Hopkins has been waiting very patiently. So um, we're going to uh, introduce our special guest now. So hello, Jeff, and welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. It's good to be good to be here, even with Dylan. Oh, hello, mate. How are you? <laughs> Late as usual. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jeff... Um, I'm going to do a little introduction to you. I've got a few questions for you. And then uh, I know that, that Dylan wants to have a chat with you about your, your time at Reading together. So um, you joined Reading in 1992 and you went on to make more than 150 appearances. Um, and Jeff, can you start by telling us about the nickname that Dylan gave you? Are you talking about Topper or? Has he got more than one? 
Uh, no, actually, I know, I know. Look, he's, he's always talking about what a good drinker he is. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I obviously wasn't, uh, I was, I, I was a lot more uh, dedicated than him, a lot more professional. So he, he reckons I used to tip my beer away. And, uh, yeah, he's, uh, uh, plant feeder was, uh, That's it. <laughs> He told me wherever wherever I was in a bar, I could find a plant to tip my beer away. And uh, yeah, he most probably was right a few times as well. <laughs> and uh, you mentioned you mentioned beer. Um, Dylan's told us about a few few of your trips to France to stock up the players' bar. Do you remember those? Yeah, we that was yeah. It's funny the um, we uh, that I think that I think it was the season we got. Promoted, wasn't it? Yeah, we, we did. Um, the, given the bar. Or we were given the uh, the use of a players' bar, and we um, we 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 stopped the bar up. And yeah, I, I, can we can we still be prosecuted for this selling <laughs> selling a lot of beer we weren't allowed to sell? I don't worry, no one listens. Our own our own consumption, I think. Yeah, but uh, I think uh, we had a few a few trips over with um, with with uh, my wife Deb her. her her dad Bernard, uh, in the back of his van, we used to fill his uh, fill his works van up with beer over over in France. And uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I may have been injured one one week, and I went over with him. I think Parky might have gone over. I think Geordie might have even gone with him as well. So um, um, yeah, and we uh, we came back and stopped the stopped the players' bar up with uh, with beer. And it was <laughs> the only fools and horses road trip, wasn't it? <laughs> and, um, and and Jeff, tell us what you made of because you got there before Dylan, didn't you? And tell us what you made of the young left back who turned up from Yorkshire when he first joined Reading. What did you make yeah, of him? He was, was a very quiet, shy, and retiring young lad that uh, took a little bit of time to to mix. <laughs> no, look, he. he um, I, I think we all know what Dylan's like. He's uh, he's he's pretty he's a pretty confident, pretty confident guy. Uh, not. Uh, scared to call a spade a spade and yeah, he fitted in really well. And I was, I was saying to you earlier that uh, that group of players was a, was a, was a great group of players, to be honest. Uh, there were some like Dylan, good, good lads, great, great in the changing rooms, uh, but also top quality footballer as well. Great, great left foot. By, well. Yeah. By the way, Jeff, just to correct you on something, he doesn't call a spade a spade. He calls it an F beep, 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 shovel. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard he's, uh, he's dropped a few f bombs on the uh, uh, on the podcast a few times. So yeah, one, one, or, one or two, one or two, um, and, and we get the impression from speaking to Dylan over the last uh, few weeks that he was the main man on the Tuesday nightclub. But can you tell us the real story about the nah, Tuesday nightclub? No, nah, look, I wasn't really involved in all that. I was uh, I was the good pro that went home. And uh, I had I had two kids and a wife to look after at the time, so uh, I, uh, I I didn't really uh, I wasn't involved in that Tuesday night club, uh, and unless it unless it was a Tuesday night game. Yeah, it was it was a young team though that went out. You know, Jeff Jeff, like I said, it was it was like under the collar with uh, Debbie. Debbie used to say, "No, Jeff, you're not allowed to go out." So you know, he he, he did come out occasionally. You know. <laughs> Well, listen. Talk, talking about um, you know playing in games, Jeff. We, we've had we've had a Reading fan, Chris Hayborn, on on Facebook. We we put a post up to say that you were 
coming on tonight. Um, so Chris Hayborn on Facebook, he said, um, Jeff Hopkins was a great bloke off the field, but he could be nasty on it. And my favourite moment about Jeff was in the second leg of the playoff semi-final against Tranmere. Their number nine had just put A.D. Williams out of the game with a nasty tackle and was standing over him laughing. And then Jeff came on as a sub and he ran over to the South Bank and shouted at the number nine, you come near me at any time in the game, I'm going to beep, break your legs. And, and he said, do you know what? The number nine disappeared for the rest of the match. Do you remember that? Um I used to be a bit like that every game, actually. So, uh, I don't know. Um, no, it's... Uh, I, I, yeah, look, I, some some of the things I did out in the field, uh, I did sort of cross the line a little bit. And, uh, yeah, sometimes thinking back, I'm not that proud of it. And uh, I wouldn't let, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't let my players do it at the moment. But, um, yeah, it was just... That's kind of how I was. I uh, When the red mist... Uh, came in front of my eyes. I, uh, there was no stopping me, unfortunately. Yeah, well, don't don't let any of your players listen to this then. But um, Dylan, look, <laughs> do, do you want to do you want to come in because you, um, you obviously Jeff was one of the players that that was there when you joined, and I know that you you said you felt really welcome straight away, and um, you know, and before you came on the call, actually, we were speaking to Jeff, and he said it was just a, a great backing up what you said. You know, great bunch of players and that that really sort of shone through into the way that that you played and played together as a team as well didn't it yeah I mean look when I when I agreed to come to Reading you know Howard Wilkinson said to me um what players are, are there and I, obviously I didn't know anybody I didn't know I didn't know a soul and I, uh, once I mentioned Jeff Hopkins name uh Howard's face went oof hey he's a nasty man here he he's he he, he, he uh, he, 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 he's one of these players that, you know, he'll put his head where it needs to be put and he'll put his foot where it doesn't need to be put in other players. So it was like, you know, straight away that, you know, that that was the only player he actually mentioned anything about, you know, uh, obviously because he played, you know, we'd come up against him, you know, in, 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 in his palace days and and stuff like that. So, but I became, I became good friends with Jeff and his mum and dad and obviously Debbie's mum and dad, the kids, I mean, I blame him for the breakup of my wedding, uh, of my marriage, because we ended up in Florida and Jeff was my next door neighbour, which didn't go down too well with my, my ex-wife. <laughs> uh, that, was a really, that was a really funny story, actually. We were, uh, we were on holiday yeah, in the off-season in Florida and we're, we're in the house around the pool with the kids and then this lad jumps over, head over the fence. Hey, hey! It's <laughs> Dylan there. <laughs> like, uh, and then he just, he just terrorised my daughter right through in the pool. And yeah, yeah, she was, uh, she, still, good. She, still, she still remembers all of that. And he still, he still threatens to throw her in the pool every time he sees her. All the time. But, you know, like, what, what was, obviously you've you mentioned it before about, you know, the, 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 the spirit we had at the club, but the fun we had at the club. I mean, remember when we when we we were training at Coombe Park and we we started by cooking food. You know, the injured players would cook food so we could actually eat after training. You know, in the kitchen area. You know, doing toasted sandwiches. Like you you pasta. I mean, it was it, it was just so nice to to have, to have a, a bunch of guys that liked each other, like playing with each other, and like 
know, going out and, and socialising with each other, but also on the field, you know, whether you played or you didn't play, there was no envy, there was no jealousy, there was no, uh, you know, backbiting about people or players. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I, th- I think the other thing with that group of players was there was it, the football we used to play. Some of the football we played there was, I know some of the best football uh, I was involved with right across my career. We uh, um, we were encouraged to play and to, and to play from the back and to to play really good football. And there were some top quality footballers in that team. And say Dill was a. Uh, all, all the laughing and the joking aside, he was, uh, and I know he tells you a lot, a lot of the time how good he was, but um, he was actually, he wasn't too far off what he says actually. So yeah, it was, uh, um, it, it was, it was a really, most probably the most enjoyable time of my career in terms of um, being able to play and being able to, uh, yeah, just actually play with a bit of freedom and, and play some good quality football and winning football as well. Yeah, and 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 Jeff, I, I only found out today um, that you actually started, but you you went um, you started with Reading Schoolboys, didn't you? Um, about yeah. fourteen or something like that. And I think you said you lived in Feel, and then you, yeah. you went you went away, and then sort of came back to Reading later. Um, so, you, are you from Reading originally? Then, no, look, I was I was born I was born in Swansea, so I'm a Welshman. Um, but my mum and dad moved to we moved around the Reading Basingstoke area when I was uh, I think it, around about two. So spent most of my time um, growing up in uh, in and around Reading. Um, went to school in Thiel, um, and then I was uh, I was with I was with uh, Reading schoolboys and training training at Fulham. Um, I actually had a trial at Reading at I think fifteen. Um, but because I was involved with Fulham, I ended up taking an apprenticeship at 16 and uh, yeah. doing a year's apprenticeship and signing pro at 17 at Fulham. Yeah. And, and Johnny, are you? If you're still there, <clears throat> you've been patiently waiting in the background again. If, if you are still there, do you want to um, uh, jump yeah. in and ask Jeff something now? Yeah, Jeff. I was just to say, like you know, obviously your playing career and playing at Reading, you're now in management, like Dylan is. What what things do you, from your playing days do you use to in your in your management career? What things do you bring with you? I, I think it's Reading was. Uh, I learned I learned a lot of Reading actually in terms of Mark McGee, Colin Lee, um, about one about trying to encourage someone to come to the club. They Mark McGee really sold sold uh, the kind of vision of what he wanted to achieve at the club um, and and just the way that um, the way that he wanted to play and yeah I think I've kind of taken 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 that um, but also it's probably the more important that the, the playing style of the of that of that team was most probably the 
the most enjoyable that I, I had. And I learned a lot from Colin Lee was a, was a really good coach. Uh, and some of the sessions he used to put on kind of opened my eyes and made me really, uh, really want to go and coach. And that's when I, I actually started coaching when I was at, when I was at Reading. I think me and Dill, I think me, Dill and Darius Dovchek, we went and did a, our sea license or our prelim badge together on a Sunday at, at Bisham Abbey while, uh, while I was still there. Um, and, uh, I, I started working in the, in the, um, center of excellence at, at Reading as well for a, for a couple of seasons. But yeah, it's, uh, I thought, uh, Mark and Colin, yeah, Mark kind of sold, sold the whole club really well and, and the kind of vision of what he wanted to do. And Colin, I thought was a really, a really good quality coach that, uh, um, kind of, made me made me want to coach and uh put a few uh, a few pretty solid ideas in my head about how I wanted to coach as well and jeff you, uh, you you had um two fantastic seasons there um promotion and then you know just the momentum carried on and and as you say you know great group of players and and it was as a fan it was really enjoyable to watch of course um you know what what was it about it that that made you click because there were great players there. I mean that promotion season Jimmy Quinn gets 40 goals um, Stuart Lovell 22 I think um, and, and and the dynamic of that team as well in terms of you know to, to watch um, was fantastic for the fans and there was just so much kind of positive energy as well and it's something that Dylan's talked about a lot um, what was that like as a player to be part of that Oh, look, it, it was fantastic, and 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 that's that's the thing. I think, uh, yeah, you gotta you gotta look at the players that we had, and you gotta look at the manager as well, and, and say he he brought he brought those players in. He brought and you know it's it's the mix of the players as well. Um, you gotta get that right, and sometimes things just really clicked. And like Dylan said earlier, we we worked really hard on the field. Uh, we had good quality players that could that could work hard. They could put their foot in, uh, they could win the ball. Uh, but also, obviously, when Quinny's banging in 40 goals and Archie's banging in 20, um, we got Jilksy getting balls into the box and Dylan up and down. Yeah, look, it's we had, uh, yeah, just uh, the whole kind of dynamic of the side, everyone kind of just, just clicked. And yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't often, well, for me, it, it didn't happen that often that um, we got a team, a team like that, and it was it was pretty it was pretty special to to be involved. And and I think it kind of shows now that whenever I go back to uh, to to Reading, I'll catch up with as many of the boys that are around there, and it's it's almost like yeah, it was, we haven't seen each other for four or five years, and then bang, we just it's like we were. Yeah, teammates again, and uh, we go out and we have a few beers, and we we, we talk, and we yeah, it's a, it's a kind of bond that you that you build, and yeah, it's a real close bond. And Dylan, um, what was what was Jeff like to to play alongside? It, it sounded like he he wasn't wasn't that nice to play against sometimes if if you're on the other team. But what was it like to to play with? Same in training, you know, your first two picks were Quinny and and and, and Jeff. You know, Quinny, because you know he'd score, and Jeff, because you know he'd be, you know, terrorise the, the the lads in training. So, you know, it was it was 
the, the, the beauty about Jeff was his, his, his commitment and his, his work ethic. You know, him, him and Parky, I mean, they, they were inseparable whenever they, we were out. You know, we, him, you know, the two plant feeders were always, you know, with each other. And, you know, I, like I said, I became a great family friend of Jeff's and Debbie's family. I mean, you know, <laughs> 20, uh, 1995, I ended up in America with him. 2001, I think I ended up in Malaysia visiting him. And then in 2014, he came to Vietnam. So yeah. we, we, we've had this closeness, you know, and respect. That's the big word. It was respect. You know, you know, you can't be, you can't be, be you, you, you don't have friends in football. They're called acquaintances because re- really you can count on, on both hands the amount of friends in, that you're making football, you know, the likes of Ozzy, Parky, Jiltsy, you know, Jeff, you know, AD, you know, occasionally. I don't, I don't hear anything from Scotty Taylor uh, or Lambert, you know, not, not because, I, you know, we, we don't get on or anything, but just, we, we just never had that bond. But, you know, it's, uh, it's great when you've got a, a character like Jeff that, you know, you, you, you need in your squad, mm. you know, and, uh, and his experience as well helped. Yeah. You know, because that was the beauty of it. And, you know, we had a system at Reading. We knew how to play. And when you wasn't playing, you didn't want to sit in the stands. You wanted to get back in the team, whether it's through injury or suspension. You, you wanted to play. And, and, and I don't, I don't see that. You know, you look at the benches now, the talent that's on the substitute bench, you know, is, it's probably matched the first team that are playing. You know, and because they're sat on all this money and, you know, earning fortunes, you know, is there, is, have they got an ambition to play? Are they, are they just happy to sit on that bench and maybe come on for the last two minutes if the, if the, the team are winning one nil and they need to waste time? You know, they don't touch the ball. I used to, I, when I was at, when I was on the bench at, at Wembley, I kicked every ball, you know, and I could have kicked a few people as well on that bench, you know, so it's, it's, I say, I said to you before, that first day we had out, we went to, to Pangbourne and we went to that, I think it was the, the White Swan or whatever it were called. I mean, no, none of us left. Even Jeff, Jeff actually stayed. You know, even Parky actually stayed. But they were like throwing the beer out the window into the Thames. They were polluting the Thames. You know? <laughs> Jeff, um, Jeff, Dylan's mentioned the, the playoff final there and, and that season, um, you already re- mentioned Mark McGee and obviously... It was Mark McGee and Colin Lee was a, a big part of the management team as, as well with yeah. the coaching side of things. And I think the, the two of them, all the fans recognise as, as well as the players that they were a really, really good team. They worked really well together and, you know, different attributes. Um, but how did the dynamic, you know, what's your take on this? How, how did the dynamic change once they left? Were, were you all in a bit of shock? And then, you know, um, how did you kind of come to terms with, You've got Mark Mark McGee, and then two of your fellow players are suddenly sort of thrust into the managerial spotlight. You know, how did the dynamic change at that point? Yeah, look, when I look when I look back on it, I think how we how we did so well that season and just carried on the momentum. We we had a we had a fair bit of momentum at the time. Um, um, yeah, and it was it was a it was a real shock. Um, and to do what they did at the club to bring in a, a group of a group of players in, into that 
to, to take over. Uh, um, yeah, it's it was a it was a big gamble, and I think I think again it showed the uh, the strength that we had within the within the group ourselves. So that uh, and and the way that we we knew the system, we knew we knew how how we were playing, we knew how to play as a as a team, and uh, I think uh, yeah, look, I think what Mick and Jim did well. They, they did a few things well. They did a few things not so well. But what they did well was kind of just keep things rolling over, keep things ticking over, um, and uh, yeah, just just keep going the way that we were going. And uh, yeah, yeah look, for the, for that season, it did things things really rolled on, and it was uh, yeah, that was one of it was a one of the kind of highlights of my of my playing career, but also one of the biggest, obviously one of the biggest disappointments as well. It's uh, um, to, to get so far. And for, for that one year that they kind of restructured the league above us, that we, we would have, we would have yep. gone up. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah and, it's, and the, and the playoff final itself, Jeff, you know, not, not just your recollections. I'm sure you remember it really well, but <clears throat> what were the, um, cause I was at the game and, you know, so many Reading fans were were there, of course, and you know we know what the emotions were like from from the fan perspective, and yeah. um, we we could see what the emotions were like, you know, for Stuart Lovell, of course. But um, you know, it was a, it was a role. It was it was almost like a, a roller coaster season in one game, in in some ways, wasn't it? I mean, what what were the emotions like for for the players going through that? You know, going two 0 up. And then having a penalty, missing the penalty, and then <clears throat> actually still two new up until quite late on. Yeah. And then Lee Nogan went off, as Dylan's <clears throat> sort of talked about a couple of times. What sort of emotions did you go through in that game? Yeah, look, I, I remember because again, I was I was on the bench in that in that game, um, and I, again, I remember being two nil up and then getting the penalty and just thinking, we get. Everything was going for us that game. We were playing so well. We were we were so, so much on top, and when we get that, it, it, just the expectation is we're going to score three nil. The game's all over. And uh, again, when we missed it, it's just a complete change of mentality. Then uh, going from that from that high to a shit, they're still in the game now. Um, and coming out second half. Doing again, the game was still in in the balance, but keeping keeping that two two goal buffer, and then so I I I came on. Um, I think it might have been I think it may have been two one at the time. I think uh, yeah. What I remember was the was the the goal that I was at fault for. Again, I I, I kind of blame myself there at that that ball to the far post. How the I think McGinley got the ball. From a from an area I just didn't think he could cross the ball from. Got great ball in, and I got done just uh, at the far post. And yeah, just I look back on that, and just yeah, it's with a lot of regret actually. So I obviously blame myself for that one, which kind of got them back into the game. And then then you got extra time coming after that. So um, yeah, it was a, a big disappointment. And then again, going down. And I, again, I remember, I remember um, it may even 
one of the players was in tears on the field when they scored their fourth. And I remember just giving them a right serve, saying, hey, the game's still still going. Don't save your tears till after the game. And we then we then we then we got the, the third goal to make it four three, wasn't it? It's uh yeah, but it was just right and way too way too late. But uh, mm. yeah, it's uh, yeah, big I say it was a a highlight but a massive disappointment as well. Uh, yeah. and yeah, and I'm, I'm sure talking to the supporters it was exactly the same for them as well. Certainly certainly was. Yeah, it's just one of those one of those games as a Reading fan you're never gonna forget. Uh, and Dylan, do you do you want to come back in with with one last question? Yeah, Jeff. I mean, what 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 are you up to now? I mean, you just won. Uh, did you not win the league? Yeah, we won. We just won again for the second year. So I'm, I'm working with um, Melbourne Victory, our women's professional team. So um, we're um, we've just finished our season. We won the league for the second second year running. So we're uh, we're just in the in the process of getting everyone else re-signed, um, doing a bit of recruitment now and getting ready for uh start of the season, which will mostly be around the first week or so of, uh, of uh, October. Um, so pre-season will start around early September. Um, so yeah, I'm just, uh, just getting ready for that. And I'll be back in Reading um, around the, end of around the end of July Daniel's my son's getting married this this year so um so Dan's getting married on the I think the 28th of uh, 28th of July so Jeff, oh, gonna... Jeff I've got some bad news for you by the way if you're coming back to Reading Utopia doesn't exist anymore so you know, <laughs> sorry to break the bad news to you but look Jeff, Jeff um fantastic uh, to have you on as a guest uh, we hope we haven't damaged your reputation too much with some of the uh, revelations, but um, uh, you know we, we blame Dylan for some of that. Um, but look, great to to have you on. And a quick reminder for the listeners that on tomorrow's episode, our guest is Tony Ruggier. Um, so another playoff final discussion to be had there with Tony, of course. Um, but all that leads me to say is um, thanks very much, Jeff, for being a guest. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Really enjoyed it. No, it's good to see you, Oppo. Give my love to Debs for me. Cheers, Dale. We'll speak soon, eh? Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.